so I've got a character and I'm ready to play. How do I play well? What should I be seeking to do when I'm a player at the gaming table? And are there any big things that will make the experience better for everyone? If you say the real life ends up your days And you don't have time to play Well midlife is the best time to start a new is Che Webster, and this is Roleplay Rescue. Hello, rescuers. This week, we continue with the core mission of Roleplay Rescue, to encourage the lapsed tabletop roleplayer to come back to the table. This is the second episode in a sequence that I'm calling Beginnings. I want to keep things short and practical, free from community calls and distractions. This will probably be quite tight and to the point. Let's get on with it. This is Beginnings Episode 2, Playing Well. Rescue! I've been role-playing in Fantastic Realms for most of my life. I began when I was just transitioning from middle school to high school in the early years of the 1980s. Back then, I was a player. I didn't take up the mantle of the Game Master until much later perhaps about six years or more later, and I didn't transition to the role of Game Master fully until I returned to active play sometime around 1998. Since that time, I have been a player far less than I've been the guy running the game. Why does this matter? Simply, it matters because it is the perspective of the practicing Game Master that informs what I'm about to recommend. As with all of my episodes, blog posts, and with my life generally, this stuff is one man's viewpoint. While I do feel strongly about how I run the game, and consequently what I tend to expect from players, this is not the only way to play by a long shot. It's a set of advice that I hope will translate for others, but your mileage may vary. That established, let's dive in. First of all, you need to understand that I see the responsibilities of the player, the catch-all term most role players use to describe the player who is not the game master, I see the responsibilities of the player as sitting on three tiers. These tiers are more about experience and longevity in play than they are about some imagined mystical hierarchy. In short, the more you play in one specific game, with the same game master and the same other players, the more I would expect you to ascend these tiers. I actually covered Tier 1 players in the first episode in this sequence. When I make statements like, players don't need to know the rules, I am generally referring to new players, both total newbies to role-playing and also the neophyte to a particular set of rules and or a particular world. Even though I've described this before, let's recap. Role-playing games are games in which you take on the role of an alter ego who exists within an imagined world. In other words, you are going to pretend to be someone else in a made-up situation. This alter ego is usually referred to as a player character, shortened generally in gamer speak to 
character. It is your job as a player to make decisions in the role of your character within the context of the situations your game master presents to you. As a first tier player, you have two basic things to do when you play. Firstly, you get to ask questions. and Secondly, you get to make decisions. That is the essence of playing the role, what I call role playing, asking questions of the game master and declaring actions in the role of your character. What do I mean? ask questions. Well, in the last episode, I used the example of standing at the top of a long curving set of stone stairs, much like the kind you'd find in an old castle. Looking down, you see that it's dark below, but you can hear scratching sounds. What questions come to mind? What do you want to ask me? Those are the kinds of questions that I'm talking about. These are clarifying questions. These are questions designed to pull more details from the Game Master to help you make a fully informed decision. There are no bad questions. There's just what you want to ask. When it comes to declaring actions, you need to communicate three things to the Game Master. Once the Game Master has these three things, they will put on their referee hat and adjudicate the outcome of that action. Sometimes they will ask you to test some ability, traditionally by rolling some dice, but the Game Master can't be a good referee without three bits of information. The first thing you need to state is what your character is going to do. The next thing is that you need to make it clear what they are intending to achieve. Finally, you must tell the Game Master how they are doing the thing you want them to do. Once we get into doing those basics of play, there is only one further thing that I would suggest you should consider. Don't touch the dice unless the referee says to do so. The dice, or whatever other fortune devices in use in your game, are a tool for the referee to adjudicate the outcome of the actions you declare. For me, it's poor form to say something like, I want to find out everything I can about the monster ravaging New York City, so I'll roll my knowledge check. Breaking that down, you fail to do the basic job of the player. To be a good player, ask questions. In this example, ask, what does my character know about the monster? Actually, let's try a little harder and and slip from third person with its abstracted separation of you, the player, and your character, a little nearer to playing the role by rephrasing the question ever so slightly. What does Harry know about the monster? This forces the game master to put on their referee's hat and adjudicate. Hmm, what does Harry know about the monster? good question. Does Harry have any relevant knowledge skills, I wonder? Some game masters might know this already. They might be more familiar with the character sheet, or they might simply ask you, the player. Neither is wrong, but it's obviously very cool if the GM knows your character well enough already. It's also quicker and smoother in play, but that's by the by right now. Does Harry know anything about the monster? It's up to the GM wearing the referee hat to decide, and they have several options. They can decide yes or no and tell you. They can decide yes if Harry's knowledge skill is, let's say, 12 or above. Or they could ask you to roll the dice to see what Harry knows. The important thing to realise is that if the referee says to roll the dice, that's when you roll the dice, not at any other time. Now, for the benefit of veteran players, yes, I know there are exceptions. I know some GMs don't mind players rolling on their own initiative, but that's advice for Tier 2 players, not 
for tier one. If you are beginning in the hobby, this is what you need to do to play. Listen to the game master. Ask questions to clarify the situation. Declare an action. State what your character is going to do. Make it clear what they are intending to achieve. And tell the game master how they are doing that thing. Only roll dice if the GM tells you to. Now that the basics are in place, there are some things to talk about that make a player basically very good to have at the table, even if they're not very experienced. The first tool in your player's box of tricks is to apply some Buddhist wisdom to your gaming. In short, the wisdom of Buddha Gautama, the founder of Buddhism, was to understand that we have two ears and one mouth, and that it was wise to use those faculties in the same proportion. In other words, Listen more than you speak. Listen twice as much as you speak. Listening is the best tool in your box. Most people don't listen, they hear and then respond. Listening is an active ability to not just hear, but also to seek to understand. Listen. Speak when it's your turn. When you speak, it should be asking a question or declaring an action. Listen the rest of the time. Simple. Rescue! Now that we've covered Tier 1 play, shall we move things towards Tier 2? There is one habit that I believe makes your play better as a player at the role-playing table. This habit is to be ready. Let's break this down a little further. Being ready means to be attentive at the table because you are listening and then knowing what question or action you want to say next. Sometimes we are listening and another player is doing stuff, so we are listening, but a question pops into our mind. We need to clarify something. When is the right time to ask my question? That's actually a really good question, and it depends on the situation. It needs us to be aware of the three types of time in most role-playing games. Is the game happening in combat time? Is it happening in real time? Or did you just transition? Say what now, Webster? Okay, this is stuff for another episode, but in brief, if there is a fight going on, what role players often refer to as a combat, then the game is operating in a granular fashion, second by second or a few seconds per combat round. Technical jargon for the small chunk of time that each character gets when it's their turn in a fight. If it's a combat turn, shut up and ask your question when it's your next turn. You'll be expected to be brief, so make sure it's just one question and that it's the sort of thing your character might notice or experience in the time frame of a combat turn. If you're playing in the regular pace of most games, when people talk and act and ask questions in a more free-flowing manner, this is probably what I call real-time. Essentially, in real-time, I can have the conversation with a non-player character, the back-and-forth of actual in-character dialogue, in real-time. We don't have to stop and wait until it's the turn of the GM's non-player character like we would in a combat turn situation. In this case, 
I'd suggest looking for a convenient break in the table talk and asking your question as soon as you can. At school, we teach students to put up their hand and wait for permission to speak, and weirdly, this is not a bad discipline for a gaming table, truth be told, but I don't know your group, so you do what you need to so that you get to ask that question. Just be polite about it. If you just transitioned, I mean that the Game Master just skipped a whole chunk of time as you moved scene. You sleep all night and in the morning the weather is bright and fair. That's an example of the beginning of a scene being set after a transition. That sentence was, in fact, the words the GM used to transition you from the night before to this morning. Actually, transitions mean that the scene has changed and it's probably too late to ask the question you had. Of course, not always. So ask yourself, does the question form part of the scene the GM just described? That'll be your answer. If yes, ask the question. If no, well, drop it because it's probably too late. Which brings us to the other type of being ready. Having in mind what your character is going to do next. Remember, questions aren't actions. Nor is saying something really. Speech is the in-character way to ask other characters questions or to simply inform other characters of answers. Well, yeah, I know that's horribly oversimplified, but dialogue is a whole other thing. What are you, meaning in role as your character, going to do next? Don't wait until it's your turn and then start the thinking process. Be ready. Which, in practice, is harder than I am claiming. I said that you should actively listen whenever you possibly can. And I'm also suggesting that you need to have already done your thinking before it's your turn. That is a paradox. Oddly, though, it's more a matter of practice to develop the decision-making skills you need as a player. The more attentive you are in play, the quicker your in-character instincts for what you do next will come to grow and develop. This is something that takes time. Just trust me when I say that it is through listening attentively that we become better able to take actions in the game. We'll know what comes next because we'll have all the information we need to act. Inattention leads to missing details. Lost details lead to questions that we either don't ask because we know we've been inattentive and we probably feel guilty, or questions that we do ask to the rapturous sighs and moans of everyone else who was paying attention and just realised you weren't. In short, listening frees us to act well in the game. And that's my second set of thoughts on playing well. To recap, you have two basic things to do when you play. Firstly, you get to ask questions. Secondly, you get to make decisions. That is the essence of playing the role, what I call role-playing. Asking questions of the Game Master and declaring actions in the role of your character. The first tool in your player's toolbox is to listen actively. Give the game your full attention and you will play better. This isn't easy, but it is very much worthwhile. Out of this listening comes the first habit you should seek to acquire as a player. To be ready. Deploy your questions in a timely and yet polite manner. 
If your attention faltered or if the GM moved on too quickly, consider simply letting that go. Focus instead on listening in actively once again. When it's your turn, take your action. To declare an action, state what you're going to do, make it clear what you are intending to achieve and say how you're doing that thing. Finally, only roll dice if the GM tells you to. That's it. Do those things and you will become a very good player in very short order. Hope that helps. Rescue! I hope you enjoyed this second beginnings episode here on Roleplay Rescue. Thank you for listening. Because we're an anchor podcast, you can drop me a voice message if you have any questions or comments. Either go to the show notes and hit the message link, download the Anchor app and press the message button, or email me through hello at rpgrescue.com. And if you've enjoyed listening, please consider sharing the episode on social media. I'm Che Webster. This is Roleplay Rescue. Hope to see you again soon. Game on. So I just got a rat sitting here on the water bottle while I'm trying to record. And of course, as soon as I stop the recording, he stops drinking. But as soon as I start again, off he goes again. Ah!